0: All right, welcome back into the We Shall Not Sleep podcast. Thank you again for joining us this week. Shout out to all those who have just been praying for my family and me as we are getting back to uh, full health. Uh, for those who didn't know, uh, my mother was in the hospital uh, for over a week, and she is back now. Uh, my father, my mother, and myself all had COVID during basically the entire month of October. And uh, through the generosity of my church and my friends and my extended family we were able to make it through. Um, It's difficult sometimes trying to take care of both parents when you're an only child, but uh, I was able to do that with a lot of support of of not just listeners and the prayers there, but with the support of my family and friends and church. So thank you so much again. We're finally back to full health, uh, full energy, still dealing with some lingering effects, but we're all good now, and everyone's in good spirits, and so Happy November, everyone. Thanks for riding with us so far. Thank you for following us on SoundCloud. Thank you to SoundCloud, who hosts us, which is a great thing. Thank you so much for checking us out there. We're also on YouTube under We Shall Not Sleep. Facebook page you can check out, We Shall Not Sleep. That's where all our updates are posted. And then also get us anywhere that you listen to podcasts, whether it's iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google, or Apple Podcasts. Excellent. So this past week, I've been... I've been thinking about and kind of like a series at my church that that we've been going into, and last year in particular, since it was my first year in full-time ministry, I say full-time ministry, um, I'm, not, I'm, I'm still bivocational, but doing something like that as a job. I went through Thanksgiving uh, in, in the month of November with the theme of Thanksgiving, what do we want to give thanks for, and it causes us to be reflective, and a lot of times you know, especially last year, after another contentious election in the United States, it can be difficult for some people, again, usually about half the country, right, uh, that that feels disenfranchised and, and feels uh, left out or very much disappointed. Well, in, in that case, I mean, I can understand, right, things don't always go our way. And we wanted to focus on gratitude, finding the, the areas in our life that we could be uh, thankful for. And it means sometimes getting out of our own way and, and stepping aside from our own selfishness. Well, this year, I've started a theme of hardship in a way, of looking for the good even amongst the bad, and how things don't always go according to plan, and that's the point. They're not always according to our plan. And that's that's something in particular that I, I have to, myself, be more focused on because even if our motive is pure, even if our motive is we believe we're doing this, you know, for the right things, it can still sometimes go awry. And and that's not always because we did something wrong. It It might mean it doesn't have to, but it might mean that God's plan was for us to learn something else or apply it differently or go through a hardship. Or it could just be the consequences of our own actions and the consequences of a fallen world. And I'm 27, so I'm still naive when it comes to this. But when you go through hardships, it doesn't always mean that, you know, God is testing you like Job. Because I I think, again, our tendency to just focus on ourselves and make us the protagonists of our own story uh, is very, very high. It's very narcissistic. Uh, It can mean that God really wants to get your attention, where he, like the children of Israel— and him removing of his hand of blessing and allowing us to be judged in our own way and to experience the consequences of sin, that certainly can be a lesson. And But I think you can always learn something when you go through a hardship, absolutely. You can always learn from it if you choose to ask God, what, what can I take away from that? You think you can always be a better person? I think you can. Doesn't mean that from a quality perspective, Perspective that your life is better. Uh, for example, I went through COVID and I have lost completely lost the taste of 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 smell or taste. Uh, this those senses. So for some people, I know that they don't ever get them back. From a quality perspective, my life is not better. You know, I really like being able to smell and, and then taste food, right? Like that's a that's a luxury. Um, but through going through COVID, what else happened? I was able to learn while trying to take care of my parents. I I was forced into more of a selfless role. I was I was giving back to my parents that that sacrifice or I was attempting to do the same thing that they as parents did for me my entire life, not because I asked them to, but because they are my parents. So, having that type of empathy and then compassion for my parents and then of course I would do something for you guys. I would do anything. But I didn't I didn't know that that, that was something that would be required of me. And you can bend or break in those situations. Now, the reason why I didn't bend or break is because I had a lot of people praying, a lot of people helping. It was not on my own strength by any means, but I gained empathy for what my parents did. It gave me more gratitude for the amount of sacrifice and unconditional love that they gave me over the years. Not that I was not that I was ignorant of that, but you get another perspective. And then also. From a perspective of relating to people who have had bad cases of COVID nineteen and saying, "I I know your struggle. I know what this. I know what that does. This is what happened to me. This is what I found that worked." And it doesn't mean that you have to be that. But I I'm I think I'm a better person having gone through something and focusing on God. You know, my faith certainly increased a lot more prayer, um, so that my mom could be brought home because she was she was in a bad light, and that scared a lot of people in my family and. And so, when you're you're carrying the weight of that, and you're taking that more to God, I don't know how you can be unchanged from an experience like that. So, when when I'm when I'm focusing on is like looking for the the good even amongst the hardship, even if it's our own undoing or by our own doing, and we we have caused a lot of pain for ourselves, there is still something that that can be learned if, and I say if, we focus on God and God's will now. What I what I preached about this past weekend was from Acts chapter 19. Very, very interesting passage because Paul is on his way back to Corinth on his second missionary journey. He stops by the city of Ephesus and what Luke says as the writer of Acts says that there were actually disciples there that actually were unfamiliar with Christ. They, they were not baptized with the Holy Spirit. And so when Paul asks, who were you baptized with? They say that the message of John. Now, John obviously was preaching a message of repentance and preparing the way, capital W, for Christ, the, the Messiah. Well, it, it's un, we don't know, but it's possible that they didn't even know that Christ came. And so Paul educates them on this fact, baptizes them in the name of Christ, and gives them the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then they go out and they just start lighting up Ephesus for the sake of of the glory of God. And meanwhile, there are these Jewish exorcists who have their own practices, own rituals that that go around the city because Ephesus at this time was prominent with spiritualism, not necessarily Christianity. And when they were trying to cast out demons, they look at the power over here of what these new you know Jewish and gentile converts you know are doing for the the sake of Christ and they're like huh well let's try that so they go to this demonic uh this demoniac who is you know who's obviously torturing this this poor gentleman and and they say by the name of Jesus who uh, who Paul preaches we ask you to come out and the demon responds well, I know Jesus and I know Paul, but I don't know you. And he <laughs> attacks those people, beats them, bludgeons them, leaves them bloodied and naked. And everybody in the city hears about this that, you know, is attentive to the truth and the way, and the fear of the Lord grips the city. They're scared because of like, holy cow, the demons they have they're real, they have power, like we need something to defend ourselves with. And then the, all of the evil practitioners That were, you know, casting out or or practicing their magic, they come and they they burn all of their books, all of their their sacred texts, and they give their lives over to Christ. And so these books that which cost, I mean, I've read somewhere estimates between five million today. Um, in in current U.S. dollars, like how much these things cost, and they were willing to just burn them because they understood it was worthless, and they understood that Christ's name was higher than all. And so you're looking at this, you look at these guys and and the, these Jewish exorcists who just take a shot. They're like, well, you know, we're we're trying to do our own thing. We're trying to we're trying to uh, cast out demons. We're we're trying to do good things. And look what ends up happening to them for the sake of Christ's name. They are like, blasphemed and bludgeoned for the sake of Christ. Now, their motive, not necessarily pure, but this demon, you know, acknowledges that he knows, that he actually knows who Christ and then Paul is. And, you know, demons, they need to know who their enemies are. They're not threatened by people that they don't know or don't care about. And so it's like, who are you guys? And then so he attacks them. And what what I find you know interesting is that you look at that and it's we, we don't know if those Jewish um Jew, Jewish priests and um those seven sons of of uh, Sesha, I believe is the I got, of course sorry guys uh it's been a long week already um I I don't I don't know there's nothing said that that uh, excuse me seven sons of Sceva, Uh we don't know if they were the ones that were converted but You'd like to think maybe one of them was, and you think of like, what, for the sake of Christ, even out of ignorance, maybe out of ill motive, they still suffered a lot. And you can think that obviously it didn't go according to their plan, but look what God did from a bad situation. And it's easy to just focus on that particular story and that particular moment and say, well, that's terrible. I don't want to be a part of that. But look what God did in the midst of the rest of the story. It's because of that. I mean, no one was killed. I mean, they were certainly harmed, but no one was killed. And look what ends up happening to them and to the, the sake of Christ's name. And if we're focused on ourselves, if we're focused only on ourselves, as narcissistic as we can be in our culture, then of course there's no good. Well, why would I learn from it? It just it's a terrible situation. It's, it's, it's crap. Why ask me what I learned? Why do I need to have taken a lesson away from it? Well, that can also be a very selfish response. And that's something that i I like us to focus on, maybe pray about, of what does it mean to focus on God's will above our own? And even when we experience hardship, what can God do through that? Not what can we do, but what can God do through it? Those are just some of my thoughts today. And as always, may God bless you, may God keep you.